Welcome to Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. World-class restaurants, arts, entertainment, and theaters. First skyscraper, 1890. Tallest buildings, beautiful lakefront. Stories on pioneers and industry leaders that made a difference in America. Welcome, everybody. It's Richie Z. Welcome to Chicago History and Automotive Heaven. Today's show, we're going to deal with... uh, the automobile industry, but we're going to deal with the history of the automobile in the city of Chicago. You know, let me tell you something, folks. Um, they always, when when you make a statement like I'm going to make now, it's called poetic license. So don't uh, email me with uh, comments about what I'm about to say. But the birthplace of the automobile and the automobile industry was Chicago, Illinois. In fact, at the 1893 World's Fair, there was an electric car there, and there was a gas-powered German car, but the electric car was the Morrison Company car. Well, in a short, uh, 1893, in a short few years after that, we had... The first automobile race in the United States was from in Chicago. From Michigan Avenue, uh, Grand Park, around the uh, Art Institute, to Evanston, Illinois, and back on Thanksgiving Day. Well, a number of cars entered. In fact, the electric car I was just telling you about entered the uh, race also, but their biggest... Uh, Issue was uh, they didn't have enough battery power to get them there and back. The estimated speed of the winners was 7.3 miles per hour. Very challenging, but if you live in Chicago, you know the weather can be and will be very challenging. Mother Nature, you never, never cease to amaze. Well, a foot of snow fell that day. The Duryea brothers actually won the race, and uh, the beginning, the stimulation, the um, passion for this horseless carriage began in Chicago, Illinois. Now, 1901, there was actually the first automobile show in America was in Chicago, Illinois, at a building that was constructed for the 1893 World's Fair was called the Coliseum. Rich history with when it comes to uh, automobiles, the automobile show, the Chicago Auto Show as we know it today, has always to this very day, from 1901 to this very day, been highly respected. We have a lot of very, very... Uh, wealthy people, and I don't even want to just say wealthy people. We have a lot of people that just love the automobile. So manufacturers from the beginning debuted their automobiles here, a lot of them, the specialty cars, because they do sell at McCormick Place today as we know it. But even back then, Chicago was a city it was a place to be reckoned with. Um, so many, so many. As you're hearing in the radio shows that we're doing, the history of Chicago 
I don't think any other city in the world has ever had anything happen like what's happened here in our city. So I call Chicago the birthplace of the automobile because we were the ground level of selling automobiles. But I'm going to take you on a journey back then where the automobile manufacturers in Chicago, there was in excess of 100 people different names. I have the page in front of me. I'm not going to read them all, but uh, manufactured cars here in Chicago. Pullman Flyer, I'm sure George Pullman was involved with that. The Champagne, the Burl, the Chicago, the AMC. Um, People want to know, well, when they hear this story from me, they want to know, well, what happened? Why didn't Chicago remain the manufacturing capital? If if what I'm telling you is true, we should have become the manufacturing capital of automobiles. Well, this is where my poetic license comes in, but if you read enough of the stuff from history, uh, the writings on the wall or the writings on the wall on the road to this story. Chicago was the industrial capital of the world. We were the industrial revolutions from the stock market, uh, stock market, uh, to the, uh, uh, cattle movement. We were the number one, uh, stockyards were, were the number one meat provider for the United States and, uh, electronics and furniture makers and rail capital. Well, we didn't have enough room for automobile manufacturers to manufacture their goods here in Chicago. There was a city called Detroit that was virtually nothing. It's just vacant land. Detroit got wind of what was going on with these horseless carriages, these uh, automobiles, whatever you want to call them, quadricycles, and they had all kind of creative names for these vehicles back then. Well, Detroit offered manufacturers land literally like something like what we've seen today in Florida with the Disney World. You know, the uh, state of Florida gave Disney probably a million acres of land because of what they did. So the same thing happened back then in the late 1800s, early 1900s. You know, um, manufacturers looking for maybe 10,000 acres. Well, going to Detroit, they can get 100,000 acres for nothing. In fact, one of these days, and I'm not going to really... Go off of Chicago, but when we're talking about the auto industry, I may do the segment about the fastest growing city ever in the world, and that was Detroit. Uh, they were the first ones in the United States to actually have an expressway also, but uh, they employed, you know, between General Motors and um, Ford Motor Company, Chrysler, and a number of other manufacturers that were pretty big AMC in that, uh, uh, they became the capital of the automobile manufacturing industry. But when it came to 
selling automobiles, we always were the capital when it came down to selling um, the, the auto show and all of that. Chicago, in fact, uh, Henry Ford's first uh, Model T that came off the line was actually sold to a dentist from Chicago, Illinois. So Chicago has a real rich history when it comes to the automobile industry with the first auto race, with the uh, uh, first auto show in 1901 in the United States. But now we're going to move you forward a few years to a place in Chicago on Michigan Avenue, South Michigan Avenue, uh, which was referred to at the time as Motor Row. Now, Motor Row, if you can imagine this, had 119 automobile dealerships and repair facilities for the automobile here in Chicago. So... No matter what you bought, it was able to be serviced, or if it was a little older and you needed tires for it, the tire manufacturers had locations there. It was on Michigan Avenue from around 1400 South to about 3000 South, and uh, Indiana Street took up a lot of it. Now, how did this all work? How did this all come about? Why Chicago? Why did this explode in sales and drive this automobile industry into what we knew. Well, we were the, <clears throat> what we had there, two blocks east of Michigan Avenue is Prairie Avenue. Now, the most wealthiest people in Chicago, the pioneers that, you know, the George Pullmans, the Marshall Fields, the Armors, and, and on and on and on, built mansions there in the mid-1800s. They built their mansions on Prairie Avenue from about 1600 south to about 2800 south. At that time, in the 1800s, there was an excess of 90 mansions built for the very wealthy. But let me take the story just one more step further. This was the only place in Chicago with paved streets. The wealthy in this district had the streets paved. So here's the reason why the automobile industry took off in sales in Chicago, Illinois. Now, why would you buy one of these horseless carriages, as we called them then? Well... You went to look at it. Everybody was interested. Well, they got you. They had them, these beautiful buildings built. And if you go down Michigan Avenue now in the south corridor, you'll see, still see some of the buildings. Uh, you'll see the names in the terracotta and the limestone in the fronts of the buildings. But when you when they took you, they had out in front of the dealership, they would have 30, 40 automobiles parked on the street. And when they took you for a ride in one of these new contraptions, they called them, this new vehicle, the horseless carriage, you rode down paved streets. They they actually made comments about the streets back then as being like the slate in a pool table. 
So you were used to riding in a coach drawn by horses, and they had the humongous wheels on them, but you felt every little bump in the road. You were bounced around literally, and the faster they went, the more you were bounced around. So when they put you in one of these new horseless carriages and took you for a ride, you were sold. Interesting part of all of this whole thing, the way it came about, and what we ended up doing in America because of it, was at that time there was maybe a thousand miles of road in the whole United States that were paved. When they started selling this horseless carriage, in a short period of time, they paved hundreds of thousands of roads in America. You know, 119 automobile dealerships and repair shops. Interesting story because today you can still go down. I like to talk about things that you can see. So if you're downtown, going down Michigan Avenue, just south of the Art Institute, Look across the street. There's a beautiful building. It's called an art building. Well, it was originally, the, it's a huge building. It's got three windows, huge, huge picture windows on the first and second level. Um, and the building is like a, a red uh, limestone, beautiful building, still to this very day. Originally, it was built for the Studebaker Company. And they displayed their carriages there. Studebaker Company was uh, key in building carriages. In fact, they were the only ones that built carriages for the elite, the wealthy, but also for all our presidents. But when this horseless carriage came about, they moved with the technology. They started devising, building automobiles. They didn't want to be out of the loop, so they moved and built a brand new showroom for this automobile in that Motor Road district, like I was telling you, and left this building behind. We are so fortunate to have some of these fine buildings downtown. You know, one of these days, you just got to just take a ride downtown and park the car and walk down Michigan Avenue. I love to go from like the Art Institute from Millennium Park going south all the way to Roosevelt Road. If you do that, walk on the park side because there's so many wonderful stories in the park that you can read about, but you can also see the beautiful buildings. And the Studebaker building is one of them that is still there. You know, Chicago, Illinois, uh, it, it, it's a marvel what we ended up doing and 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 we actually promoted the industry for other people like like I say Detroit became you know an unbelievable force to be reckoned with when it came to the automobile um you know we we didn't lose anything um we enhanced the automobile industry with the great Chicago Auto Show you know it's every year it's one of those places where you just a car person like myself, you have to go and see what they do. This year we had another fine 
um, Chicago Auto Show um, at McCormick Place. Dr. James Izzo, DDS, Miles of Smiles Dental Work, General Dentistry, call 708-983-3670. We're located at 7234 West North Avenue, that's Cameo Towers in Elmwood Park, Illinois. Call our office and mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get a special on teeth bleaching, teeth whitening, folks. Normally it goes for $199. Mention our show and you get it for $89. Call 708-983-3670. Folks, also you can go to our website and all of our sponsors are listed. Please patronize our sponsors because without them, we will not be on the air. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. Call 630-766-6030. Quality food, cozy atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. I got an interesting uh, piece to add to today's story. Uh, Henry Ford was a force to be reckoned with from the very beginning. An amazing individual. I've read so much about him. Uh, one thing I want to mention, uh, he was a, a brilliant businessman very well versed in what he was going to do. In fact, years ago I read the book uh, that was written about Henry Ford or or Henry Ford inspired the book, Don't Explain and Don't Complain. When he made a decision, he would stick to it. Well, I found an interesting piece to this story. Again, I, I do have to say this because of... Um, I know I read it in a number of places. I just can't find it right now. But um, Henry Ford came here with this motor row starting to happen, and he was a little skeptical. He wanted to be here. Let me just say that before I, uh, uh, you know, say something. But uh, when everybody else was building two, three, and four-story buildings, Henry Ford was uh, a little skeptical about what would happen here and, and everything. So uh, 
He actually had the architects design a building and build one-story building on Motor Row in the 1400 block. But like I say, Henry Ford, I don't know where these people got this drive from. I think it had something to do with the water in Chicago. But uh, Henry Ford actually told the architects and the builders, make sure that this one-story building will support the weight of two or three more stories to be added on should I want to do that. So they did what he requested before they even completed the first floor of the first story of the Ford dealership on Motor Row in the 1400 block. Henry Ford said, add on to the building, and he added two more stories on to the building. Uh, so many um, wonderful things. You know, I, I, I mentioned something about the uh, Studebaker automobile, the Studebaker brothers. If you live in the Chicago area, South Bend, Indiana is not that far away from you. I love automobile museums. In fact, I'm working on a show that I actually filmed the the museum a number of years ago. We might be able to get it up on our uh, YouTube and our our podcast site. And anybody's interested, if you're listening live, you can go to www.richiez.com, R-I-C-H-I-E, Z-like and zebra.com. But I'm bringing up the Studebaker Brothers Again, because of one thing, if you have the time or make the time and go to the museum that they have, it's relatively, I believe it's under 10 years old that they they rebuilt a whole brand new museum in South Bend, Indiana. It's about an hour and a half, um, less than two hours away from Chicago. Folks, I just want to say one thing. I've been to a lot of automobile museums, some stand out in my mind uh, as far as being uh, amazing. Studebaker Museum is one of them. It's relatively a new building, but they have displays from the days of stagecoaches through, you know, AMC and Studebaker and Packard, and they have some dream cars. Now, Folks, I, I, I don't ever claim to know it all or be the one that, uh, you know, know, knows everything or seen everything. I went in there and I, I've been really well versed on automobiles in the 50s, 60s between reading, uh, magazines, automotive magazines, going to car shows and all of that. They've got some cars that you've never seen before. They have a whole history of the Jeep automobile in the basement of the Studebaker Museum, and that's an amazing story also. People ask sometimes about the Studebaker automobile, and, uh, you know, they took on Hudson, they took on Packard, they took on AMC. These vehicles... Uh, Looking back, and if you go to that museum, you'll actually see some vehicles. The 50s Studebakers were far beyond a belief as far as when it came to aerodynamic 
and gas efficient fuel fuel efficient vehicles they were just uh, unbelievable um but back then i'll tell you what really happened because people want to know how come that company went out their their cars anybody that has a an avante or any of the old studebakers or amcs and that you know they are they were very good cars well here's what happened folks Here's why this automaker and, and carriage maker from the very beginning uh, went out. They could not compete in the competition of the major automobile makers. GM, General Motors, back in those days was spending on an average of two to three million dollars a day. They were spending about $900 million a year on advertising and promotions and dealer incentives and all of that. Studebaker didn't have any money. They, they weren't selling that many automobiles to be able to compete with that kind of um, advertising and stuff like that. And that's why these automobiles went out of business. You know, we're talking a little bit about a hundred automobile manufacturers in Chicago around 1900s and 1910. It sounds like a lot, but it really wasn't because Indiana had about 490 automobile manufacturers. A lot of these guys would take automobiles actually and build them. They would buy parts from everybody else. And then they would modify some parts or, or have a part made, you know, fenders or something for their automobile. And then, you know, they all had a, a nameplate that they would put on that they would name the automobiles. Back then, you know, the hood ornaments as we all know them today, but back then they were called mascots. And everybody had an interesting mascot. So that's one of the things. But, you know, let me, uh, I was telling you a little bit about Henry Ford in that. Let me talk a little bit about Henry Ford because this guy and what he did and what he did for Chicago will just totally, totally amaze you. Now, he saw something here from the very beginning, you know, putting a dealership here, you know, adding on. But he also bought up a lot of property on the south side. Torrance Avenue at a, at 130th. You know, he wanted to be on the river. He already had a history of uh, the Rouge plant in Detroit, the famous Rouge plant, where he went from uh, having to pay to have things made for his automobiles to making them himself. The Rouge plant itself took in excess of 13 years to build, and he spent in excess of about $300 million with not only building the plant on the river, uh, water access, but also all the machinery and equipment that it take to build what he did. It's an amazing thing because they were stamping out their own metal, making their own glass, making their own engines, interiors, and on and on. I know when they completed that plant, he put 
in excess of 88,000 people to work in good-paying jobs back in, in that day. Well, Ford saw something in Chicago. You know, a good workforce, people that uh, could build his Model T. Well, he bought all that land down up on Torrance Avenue, and the plant actually opened on March the 3rd, 1924. Now, amazing part of this, during the war period, they actually made vehicles for the war and that. But the Ford Motor Company plant in Chicago, Illinois, that opened in 1924, is the only automobile plant in the history of automobile plants in the nation, the big three, that consecutively Every single year built something. We were never completely down. When they retooled, they retooled a certain part of the plant, but they always were manufacturing other things. They moved equipment in and out. They might have closed an area for three months. They did a lot of modifications. You know, I think a lot of us can uh, relate to... uh, one of the most interesting vehicles uh, in our day that was built there, and that was the uh, Ford Taurus and the Sable. Back in 1985, they started building that, and that became um, a, a very interesting part. But let me take you on a little journey on uh, what was actually built at the uh, Torrance Avenue plant in Chicago, Illinois. 1924 through 1928, we did the Model T Ford. 1928 through 1931, we did the Model A. 1945, they did the Mercury two-door sedan. Uh, 1953 to 1964, we did the Ford F-100. That was the first uh, pickup truck. We know them today as the F-150 or the F-250. Mercury Marquis were actually built there in the 60s and 70s. 70s, they started building Torinos, Thunderbirds. In the 80s, they did a car that uh, wasn't too popular, but it was called the Granada. That was actually built there. The Mercury Cougar, which was a very popular automobile in 81, 82, was built in uh, on Torrance Avenue. The LTD, the Mercury Marquis. And then, like I say, in uh, 1986 through 2004, the Taurus and the Sable were built there. Um, one of the things that's interesting, I, I tell interesting stories. 2005 to 2007, they took the uh, basically the Taurus vehicle, and they renamed it. Somebody had an idea to rename the, the car that was the most popular automobile in its time, and they renamed it the Ford 500, and uh, popularity kind of dropped. They, they liked that Taurus name. You know, um, 2005 through seven, the Mercury Mar- Montego was built there. 2008, they went back into the Taurus, and today, again, this is one of the most, it is the most successful Ford plant in the nation, we are building right now the 
for Taurus, but we also build the police intersector, Taurus and Explorer, but also we are building the Explorer, which in 2009 was launched of all brand new vehicle, an amazing vehicle. And uh, in 2009, also, they launched the Lincoln MKS. Now, I've been down to that plant, and that plant is uh, an amazing automobile plant. One of these days, I'm going to go down there and film a segment that we can put on the uh, TV show. But uh, the computer industry now has made it so efficient for the automobile industry to be able to build their cars. They can send out a Taurus an MKX Lincoln, um, a small SUV, uh, a police intersector, and the parts will actually meet the car in its designated area so they can be put on the car. So they are actually building all these cars that I mentioned on the same assembly line. It's something that's never been heard of. And everything is computerized, not only computerized, but now to protect workers from lifting heavy objects and getting injured on the job and stuff like that. They have it where the parts are brought to the car and the um, person on the uh, assembly line actually is just the one that's tightening up the bolts and putting everything together, but they don't do any of the heavy lifting again. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. Call 630-766-6030. Quality food, cozy atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Dr. James Izzo, DDS, Miles of Smiles Dental Work, General Dentistry. Call 708 983 3670. We're located at 7234 West North Avenue. That's Cameo Towers in Elmwood Park, Illinois. Call our office and mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get a special on teeth bleaching, teeth whitening, folks. Normally it goes for $199. Mention our show and you get it for $89. Call 708-983-3670. Folks, also, you can go to our website, and all of our sponsors are listed. Please patronize our sponsors, because without them, we will not be on the air. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to uh, Chicago History in Automotive Heaven. And this show is a combination of both. Uh, before we go on with uh, the rest of Motor Row and the birthplace of the automobiles, Chicago, Illinois, let me just uh, touch on a few things. Uh, we we have a segment on the show. If you have an automotive glitch, don't bitch. Email Rich. If we use your segment on the show, we'll actually uh, send you a prize out of our prize closet. We actually have gift certificates to uh, Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Uh, we also have some tickets for the Hudson Museum down in Shiptoshawna, uh, Indiana. It's a wonderful uh, car manufacturer. In fact, we're going to maybe talk a little bit about uh, Hudson and the automobile in um, this next segment that we're doing now. But before we go on, I, I definitely don't want to run out of time today. I want to touch on a few things. Um, coming down here today, I actually passed two gas stations that the the gasoline was very reasonable, like $4.49 on these two gas stations. I did purchase some gas. I lived down in the city. Anything east of uh, Western Avenue uh, your gas price goes up about 15 to 20 cents per gallon um, for the people that are east of Western. West of Western Avenue, it's about 15 to 20 cents cheaper. So I try to, uh, I'm out in the, at Talk Zone Radio today, out in uh, beautiful downtown Morton Grove, Illinois. And I'm going to get my gas over here because it actually is around 40 to 50 cents a gallon cheaper. That being said, let me take you on a little journey to get you some better gas mileage with your automobiles. We've been doing this for over 20 years, 25 years, uh, giving you tips that save you time, money, and aggravation. You know, with summer being here, um, in fact, last Saturday, I took out my motorcycle again. I did some things on it. I actually... I'm getting it ready for the season, and this will fall right into what I'm going to be talking about. Um, I want you to go out and wash, clean, wax your vehicles. And I'm going to give you some summertime tips that will get you some extra gas mileage with your vehicle. Now you're able to get the bucket out there, the washcloth. I, I do recommend when you're washing your vehicle... Don't use a sponge or anything that's flat. I like dust mops. You know the old-fashioned dust mop that you put in those sleeve on the on the handle. I like using those. Reason being is when you go to wash your vehicle, if there is any kind of gritty dirt on the vehicle, it falls into the mop versus staying on top of the sponge and scratching your vehicle. You know, um, they make a lot of uh, concentrates that are uh, car wash soap and all of that. We've had a very uh, rough winter season this year. There's a lot of stuff on your vehicle from salt to grit, road grit, uh, uh, acid rain, and even I found on my motorcycle and my vehicle, because I washed them both, tar. Well, they're plugging some of these uh, potholes on the street. So that tar is on your vehicle, too. You can buy these concentrate uh, 
soaps to wash your car with. They work very well. When your car is extremely dirty, like it is now after the winter and that, what I want you to do is, you know, get a bucket of hot water, uh, put this uh, liquid in, but also put it on the mitt. Soak that mitt down real good. And then maybe do a segment at a time. Like I, like a front end or, or the left side or the right side, you know, things like that. Don't do the wheels until the end because they're really filthy and they need some attention. I found a great product for your wheels and your uh, hubcaps and stuff. Um, there's a product out called Simple Green and it really is an amazing product to get the brake dust, they call it. Your wheels, uh, some of them will have like an orange uh, grit on them and that will actually get it off uh, so spray it down with simple green simple green is a con uh, a concentrate so it works the best when you cut it so if you buy a quart bottle you can actually make a gallon of simple green you know pour it into a gallon container uh, pour the rest water in and then put it back in the spray bottle spray your wheels and tires real well you may want to hit that underbelly a little bit, the wheel wells and stuff like that, to get some of that salt and that off. Once you get your car completely dry, there's a few things I want to talk about. Well, even before you get it dry, there's products on the shelf now. They're called spray waxes. You spray it on, wipe it in, wipe it off, like like furniture polish, basically. I've been doing it with furniture polish forever, but they actually have products like that in your uh in your stores where you buy your wax and stuff. I like to take that kind of a product, a spray wax product, and actually spray the wet car, the car you got it all washed, it's clean, you rinsed it, but you got water all over it. Spray this wax on and then take a towel and wipe the car down. You're actually putting wax on, but you're preventing scratches and you're actually light hairline things that are in there because of the wax will actually be protected. You can actually wax your car. You know, people ask me all the time, what kind of wax would you use? You know, well, you go to the store today. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a hard choice. There's a whole rack of stuff. I still like the old, in my personal opinion, the old turtle wax, uh, the product, uh, rain dance that's on the, on the shelf. I like the stuff that's easy on, easy off. And I look for wax. I don't look, I don't like these products that have, uh, the one that'll, it's a cleaner, it's a wax, it's a, uh, it, it does so many things. It'll give you the winning lottery numbers when you're done waxing the cat. I don't like these products that do multitasking. If you know anybody that does all these multitasking, chances are they're not doing anything right. So wash the car real well. Use a good wax. They make some, you know, Mother's is a great product. Uh, there's so many of them on the shelf, and it's to each person's preference. By doing what I just told you in this segment, you're going to get a, a little more aerodynamic ride out of your automobile. Uh, which will probably save you a little bit in gas. But I don't know about you guys. I couldn't wait this year to get out there and wash the car, and I did that. 
I live in an apartment building, so it's kind of rough to throw an extension cord out and all of that. But uh, I wasn't happy until I went in and actually did the interior with a, a shop vac and really got it cleaned and did the windows and wiped off the interior. But once that was done, I don't know what it is, but you feel like the car is running better. It, uh, the looks, you and you feel happy. So go out and do that. That'll get you some uh, extra gas mileage. Hopefully, it might save you 12 ounces, um, 16 ounces uh, of gas through the tank full. It's probably about two, three dollars. Not bad if, if you go over a course of a year. Probably be 50 bucks. So now here's another thing that I've heard a lot about. Now these people with these remote control starts and uh, people have actually gone out and started up the car and let it warm up and. New cars nowadays don't really need the old-fashioned, the old style of warming up. In fact, when you let a car idle today, with the computerized systems in the automobiles today, they really just kind of, they're idling, and, and they're not warming up any faster or anything like that. You really should not let your car warm up more than one minute. Number one, you're going to save gas mileage, but... Uh, the car does not need to be idling. And then I just read the stats. I pulled it up the other day about this last winter in Chicago. And 70%, 69.8% of the vehicles that were stolen during this last winter were vehicles that were left running with the keys in them. So, folks, I don't know about you, but uh, crime is up. Crime prevention is uh, kind of a common sense type of thing. Never. You know, and we've heard about this many a time. Mom, I know everything's like, you know, you're doing, you're multitasking big time. You're running into the store. You're doing this. You're doing that. I have nothing bad to say about you, but try to remember. You got the kid buckled in the car seat in the back, and a number of times, these cars have been stolen, and you can see, you know, if the news media gets there, you can see the look on mom's face, and it's not it's not a sight that I think I would ever want to see again on TV or, or to somebody I know. We've been fortunate because we did get those kids back unhurt, unharmed. But uh, that being said, don't ever leave the keys in the car running. Now, another thing people do a lot, and that is they actually leave a set of keys in the glove compartment or in the council in case they lose a key or whatever. First place a burglar looks if they get into your car, and they can get into your car very quickly, is the glove compartment and the council. That's where people always leave the keys. So don't do that. You know, Hopefully, it will prevent your car from being stolen. Now, one thing I want to talk about in that is uh, aggressive driving. Um, lately, folks, I don't know what it is about. People are just, I mean, where are you going? What? Why do you have to pass everybody up and then cut in front of everybody and then hit the brakes because you can't go anywhere either? Why do you have to, at the light, come up on my right-hand side and blow by me like... You're Parnelli Jones, like you're uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I mean, you know, number one, you are burning a lot more gasoline with your automobile by accelerating, uh, 
and then hitting the brakes to slow down and all of this other stuff. Try to slow down. Try to accelerate normally. Try to let your foot up off the gas pedal. When you're coming up to a red light, you see it's red. Half a block away, let your foot up off the gas pedal. You're going to save, you know, you might save a half a gallon to a gallon of gas per tank full, especially with these jackrabbit starts, they call them. So definitely try to be less less aggressive. You know, this brings into tips this week. This was like a crazy week. I was out a lot in the automobile. I had two people this week actually pull out of a parking space, not looking. They just pulled out. And it wasn't in a parking lot. Usually you say that, oh, they're backing out of a space they can't see you in a parking lot. So you got to give them kind of sort of the benefit of the doubt. This was driving down a main street. They just pull out. So I don't know. Lately I've kind of uh, slowed down, calmed down. You know, be careful. Don't blow your horn because they'll come out with a gun and shoot. I'm not being funny. And I'm not trying to get the point across, but it's true. Somebody blew the horn. Somebody pulled a gun and started shooting at him. This one I've been doing for a couple of reasons. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, combine your trips. Try to uh, be a little more efficient. And the reason I've been doing this was originally not, it did, gas mileage had nothing to do with it. I'm starting to forget to do things. So I actually write down, I give myself a note every day if I'm going to be going out somewhere, this and that. But by having that note, you're going to be able to combine trips. You don't have to go back and forth. Maybe you can pick up some other things while you are out. And that'll save you some money with gas. And then here's a big one, because I just did this. We're talking a little bit about washing the car and cleaning it and all of that. Folks... You have, if you're anything like me, you have a lot of junk in your car that you don't need. For every pound of things that are in the vehicle that you are not using, that you don't need, you are wasting gasoline. So go through the car, go through the car and take out any kind of excess things that you don't need. I took out so much stuff. In fact, Tell you the truth, over the winter I bought uh, kitty litter for my cat, but I kind of left it in the car, figured if I need it I'll, you know, but I did leave it in the car in case I got stuck on ice or whatever. But then I also did buy salt and sand for around the house. So I had two big bags of sand in the back of the car, which gave me a little more traction and a little more uh, things. I took out that. That I, I, I didn't believe it, but... Each bag of sand was about 80 pounds. So there was 160 pounds of stuff in my trunk. There was about 30 pounds of kitty litter on, on the floor behind the driver's seat. Um, right there, I probably was burning about a gallon, maybe a gallon and a half more per tank full because I had to move that weight. We've talked about it in the past, too. We've talked about uh, inflating your tires. Uh, good time now. You're washing, waxing, you're cleaning, you're doing all the things. Check the air and the tires. Inflate them to the maximum air pressure that you can. Uh, this will get you better gas mileage also. Big thing I want to talk about is uh, oil and filter. 
you definitely want to, uh, <clears throat> especially after this winter, you want to change the oil and the filter, the lubricants in your vehicle. I mean, this was an extremely brutal uh, winter, and it wasn't just here in Chicago. If you're listening to us uh, worldwide, uh, nasty weather was down in frost and snow in that far south that they never get that. Well, just think about what your vehicle went through this year with uh, starting it up, taking you where you wanted to go, bringing you back, parking it, shutting it off, and it goes from 220 degrees operating temperature, about most cars are running at that temperature today, goes back down to zero and below zero. So that oil and that uh, lubrication process with your vehicle your 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 motor your engine took an extreme amount of abuse this year so why don't you do your car a favor and change the oil in the filter before we get started into the nice weather again this year don't forget one thing uh lubricating everybody thinks that oil is just quote unquote a lubricant for the automobile it's probably half lubricant the other half is a coolant. If you ever been to a machine shop where they're doing any kind of work, grinding, drilling, um, they use oil to keep the bit that's doing the drilling and the and the things like that um, cool. Well, it's the same thing with your engine. If you're low on oil or if your oil is extremely dirty, you have a problem uh, with your vehicle. So uh, definitely... Uh, Definitely, definitely check your, you know, change your oil and filter. Check that transmission fluid on all your other fluids. Top them off. Your brake fluid, uh, it's a good time, too, to maybe take the car in and get a lot of your fluids changed, the power steering fluid, transmission fluid, even the braking fluids. Brakes last a lot longer now. Changing the fluid um, is a good idea uh, for the vehicle. Uh, it'll keep your braking system working a lot, a lot better properly. Um, brake fluid is, uh, a, a amazing, uh, chemical, keeps the disc brake system a lot cooler, but also if it's clean, um, it prevents moisture from getting in. Dirty old brake fluid will actually attract some moisture in that. You know, I'm Richie Z for the uh, Chicago History and Automotive uh, Heaven radio show. For more information on our show, and uh, you can go to our podcast site, which is www.richiezie.com, richiezie.com. There's plenty of television shows there. All these wonderful shows we're doing here at uh, Talk Zone. Our podcast, we do have some of our older shows. We're coming up on uh, May 1st, which is uh, uh, May Day, they called it. You could read about, you could listen to a show we did about the Haymarket riot in Chicago. For motors, or for uh, Chicago History and Automotive Heaven, I'm Richie Z, and thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week. Magic video and television production. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, 
reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever. Two Chefs Cafe and Catering, 3 South Center Street, Bensonville, Illinois. Call 630-766-6030. Quality food, cozy atmosphere. Let us cater your next event. Have your next party or event at Two Chefs. Weddings, birthday parties, showers, funeral luncheons. We can accommodate parties from 10 people to 150 in our elegant establishment. Call 630-766-6030. Mention Chicago History and Automotive Heaven and get 15% off. Folks, email me. Let me know what you think of our show, but also I will get you a voucher. I'll email you back a voucher to get 15% off a meal at Two Chefs Cafe and Catering. Magic Video and Television Productions. Complete wedding package includes church ceremony, reception, cake cutting, toast, first dance, and much more. Anniversary, retirement parties, banquets, reunions, any special event. Quality work with digital cameras dedicated to make your event special and memorable. Call 312-450-2750. We capture those treasured moments forever.